All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 291. We got a special one for you today. Our friend Combo from the Combos Court Podcast hijacks our podcast. We talk Clippers, we talk Lakers. Drew has a great trade scenario for Chris Paul. And what will the NBA look like in 25 years? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's, What's up, up, everybody? Body? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. And this is the episode of all episodes because it's the combo takeover. I am Andrew Combo Salop. And thanks to these guys, Clips and Drew. It's actually two Drews and Clips today. Yeah. But Mr. Clips wants me to stick to my alias. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. This is the episode of all episodes. What is the vibe, guys? Episode 291 combo. It's the takeover. I feel like I feel like we've been hijacked. All right. We had a great idea the other night. I'm like, I want somebody else to take over the show. I want somebody else to bring in some questions, bring in some new vibes. There's absolutely nothing going on in the world of basketball minus FIBA right now. And you and I talk often and we have great conversations. I've been on your show a few times and I just thought it'd be fun to bring us all in a room and talk some basketball. Yeah, Drew, man, how you feeling, man? How I mean, Jeannie Bush just got married. I don't know what other news are surrounding the Lakers. What's the vibes <laughs> with you? Look, man, I'm doing real well. It, we're we're in the dog days, right? August, September. You know, we just got nothing. I'm I'm excited for the NFL. Actually, if we want to go that route, I can talk all day. I just had fantasy football draft last night. I got another one coming up tonight, so I'm keeping myself busy and occupied. I got a golf trip with the homies this week, heading out to Michigan. So should be some fun and at least some some stuff to take my mind off of the fact that I can't watch hoop unless it's recorded from the Philippines or Japan at this point. Uh, but I did like clip saying hijack and combo. You are the Idris Elba that we need for this show. So I do appreciate you coming on and hosting today. I heard you're a soccer guy. I actually went to my first soccer game this summer. Man, you in Jersey. Somebody oh, just hit yeah. me like I, I got a ticket for you. I didn't even know man you plays in America. <laughs> yeah, they don't. You're right. They don't. Uh, but yeah, I'm huge. I'm a big Liverpool fan. You can kind of see it up in the corner. Uh, I got my Liverpool scarf up there. I'm a huge Liverpool FC fan. So I hate Manchester United. In fact, fuck man you. Uh, but I'm glad that they got you out there to go check it out. Yeah, it was super dope. Uh, but let's start with the Clippers. Clips, what the hell is going on with your team, man? Why can't they stay healthy? I know you probably talk about this every other episode, but can they stay healthy this season? Talk to me. Uh, that's the story of my life, Combo. Anybody that listens to this show that's been with us forever, uh, it's just the story of my life. It's what, it's the the question of all questions. Can the Clippers stay healthy? And if we do, like I've said numerous times, yes, we're going to have a shot at this championship. I think Russ is focused. Uh, it all comes down to Kawhi and PG. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to play, you know, 70 games, which which I would love them to do. But look, it's funny in the small amount that we had Russ PG and Kawhi together playing for the minutes that they played, they were the number one trio in net rating for when they played together. So we can be successful. 
But I also think the other pieces, the the bringing back the Plumlee, having Norman Powell, uh, you know, Terrence Mann and, and how good he's been playing, having uh, Busy Bones, Bones Highland coming off the bench, who's going to give some more legs, some more athleticism to run with K.J. Martin as well. The other addition that we had, I think the second team is going to be a pretty damn energetic fast moving second team which is something that we've been lacking because we are older i still think though that we really need to figure out the move with marcus morris senior you know uh we we tried to trade him at the, as soon as the trade season started we had the Ma- malcolm brogdon deal down thought it worked for both both parties it ended up falling through because of a physical i think um, so I, I know that there's some tension between Ty Lu and Marcus Morris, who I've, again, I've said on the show many times, Marcus has been great for us at times, but this past season, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And all of Clipper nation wanted to get rid of him, wanted Robert Covington, Rocco to get those minutes. But, uh, I think we still have one trade left and I just don't think it's James Harden. I feel like Ty Lu moves spicy. Like he gets into these things with players where, if he doesn't like you a little bit, like it's over for you, like you're getting no opportunity. And I feel it's that way with Rocco right now. Like it was like that with Luke Kennard in the past, who's such a great shooter. You feel like a team like the Clippers need shooting. And now at the four, I think that's a weak position for the Clippers. Do you think Rocco should get some more opportunity as a small ball four? Combo. I was literally on my hands and knees begging to get Rocco in the game. The thing is, is Tyloo, when Tyloo rides with you, yeah. he rides with you until the wheels fall off. And that's exactly what happened. The wheels fell off. And uh, Marcus was very receptive, even last season, of coming off the bench and not even being a starter because Nico Batum was playing so well. And Marcus was perfectly fine with coming off the bench. But towards the end of the last, the end of the season last year, we really needed scoring. And we just we were pumping it with with Marcus Morris way too much, and Rocco's so I mean Rocco's so versatile. We have all these Swiss Army knives with with Nico and with Rocco. You have guys that could pretty much guard every position. Nico can go one through five, depending on who the five is. Rocco can guard one through five, stretch the floor. Um, I still think that Rocco will probably be part of whatever trade we have to do, and I, I don't necessarily want to do that because I think Rocco can definitely be an asset to us. But you're definitely right. If Ty likes you, he it, it, could, it could be to a detriment to the team. And you brought up Luke Kennard, uh, and you're totally right about that. Luke was great for us, the way he shot. But I, I remember saying, we, we know the moment that, that he was going to get traded, and he got traded the following day. We were playing Memphis. He had to guard Ja Morant, and Ja just burnt this cat about six times in a row. And the next day, he was traded. Defensive liability. Um, yes. And it, ends up going to yeah but every a lot of people are defensive liabilities like what do you want i'm a defensive liability oh you <laughs> I are i thought you were- <laughs> <laughs> no i am and i we're gonna shift to the, the lakers with drew in a second but i would say with busy bones i mean i was high on him since the draft i thought he was tremendously overlooked and like he's the archetype of a 6-2 bucket getter but he's a little bit different because he has the point guard skills and i think he could fill the role with this team that desperately needs that. Like they try and bring John Wall in, they try and bring different point guards in, but I feel like he really could fit that role. Even though he is a bucket getter, he has those point guard skills and flair to go with it. He does. I like bones, but he's a little out of control. Uh, at times we can't have two out of control people with, with Russ and him together. Oh yeah. You, you know guys I mean? got Russ. Well, we're, we're, we're going to talk about Russ in a minute. So yeah, but I, I like Bones. I think I just he just needs to calm down a little bit. I don't think he's a starting point guard for us right now. Um, we're really heavy on Terrence Mann. He's come along, you know, tremendously 
defensive wise T man is ready to lock up, which is something we really like. He's improved every single year. Um, I think having those assets on the bench though, um, with bones is going to be big. Cause dude, we've been known for being deep. We called ourselves wing stop last year because we had so many goddamn wings. Like we, you didn't know what to do with them in, in a league that's depleted with wings, like wings is the, is the hottest commodity right now is finding guys, the three and D guys. And it seemed like we had all of them. And unfortunately you can't play all of them at once. So back to the John wall thing though, I think John, while we were all very excited about having, I don't think he got the greatest opportunity, got injured, uh, had a couple Mm -hmm. good games in there. And then we kind of just pushed him to the side and let it go. So as far as traditional point guard goes, we don't necessarily have one right now. Um, and that's where they would want to fill the role with James Harden. Uh, and I, I I don't think that's going to be it. I think Russ is the key to all this. I am super high on Russ. Um, I, I, I've been high on him since we got him. I was not high on him with the Lakers. I think fit is everything in sports and in basketball. And I just I, I really think that Russ is going to be huge for us this year. Drew, what did you make of the Russ era with the Lakers? Well, look, I mean, that one was a pretty easy call from the beginning, right? You have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. There's only so many feet of paint that they can work within. Yeah. And we wanted to push Russ off to the side, which has never been something that he's willing to do or even, I don't think, very capable of doing because of his lack of a three-point shot. So it was always going to be kind of a catastrophe, in my opinion. I thought there was a chance when we first got him, if we filled out the roster with someone like a Luke Kennard and, you know, Yuta Watanabe, these kind of guys that can just be standing in the corner, catching mm. shoot threes, maybe we could have, we could have worked something out. And that would have included 80 at the five LeBron at the four. And then that would have been the way to do it, but it was never going to work. Right. And I think, you know, uh, LeBron, Rob Palinka, the whole Lakers front office, it was a swing and a miss, and I just wish maybe some smarter heads would have been put together and prevailed there because I think there could have been an opportunity to go get somebody else that could have fit the role a little bit better, you know, i.e. like a James Harden. Like if we got what James Harden was able to do for Philly in this last season instead of Russ, I think that could have looked really, really good for the Lakers, uh, and it would have been a nice fit. But I am happy that Russ has found himself in a place like – the Clippers that seems to value what he brings to the table seems to want to play him. Uh, and I think they have an opportunity to do something there, especially with the fact that he can make up for the absence, which we expect of Kawhi and Paul George during the course of the season, right? Whether that's an injury or whether that's load management, he can fill that role. He can score, he can run. Uh, and I do think they have some fun stuff going on with the second unit. If they do need to rest both of those guys or both of those guys are injured. We see Russ, I think, you know, we saw it in the in the playoffs last year when both those guys were down. He has no problem with that, right? Like, that's Russ, you know, 1.0. Like, like just get, give me the ball, get out of my way. Uh, so it was a catastrophe for the Lakers, but I don't really blame him for that. It was just a complete misjudgment of the roster and, and what would work with what we already had. But Combo, hold on. I wanna, yeah. I, before, before we move on to the Lakers, which I, I love your quick transitions, I've heard – Clips go on and on about the Clippers. So I know exactly what he's going to say about this. Where do you stand with the Clippers and this James Harden thing? Do you think it would make sense for them to go for that? Yeah, but I feel like you get like one year to maximize. Right. So so like yeah. th- th- he's going to leave or he's not going to want to be there after a year probably. 
I feel like he wants to be in Houston because, you know, he's comfortable there. He could be outside for real, for real, because James Harden <laughs> likes to be outside. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he does fit what they do because he has transitioned into more of a pure point guard type player. And that's exactly what they need. So I it really just comes down to, first of all, you need PG and Kawhi healthy. And I do think James Harden could actually help. Him. But I do think James Harden's best chance is just to stay with Philly. That's my opinion. Like he has a pretty good chance there to win it all. I mean, it's not like he, he it's not like Denver. It's not like the Bucks. It's not even like the Celtics. Like, I don't think he, they have a better chance than that, but they have a chance and he has an MVP player playing alongside of him. Like, why do you want to leave? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, too, because especially with, I think, an upgraded coach with Nick Nurse coming in. I don't think yeah. Nick Nurse allows for Joel Embiid to not touch the ball for the last six minutes in that whatever that game five was against the Celtics that Max. was so pivotal. And I think, you know, and I don't really just want to put this all on Doc Rivers because Embiid needs to demand the ball. He needs better situations. body language in certain him and James need better body language in certain situations. When the game right. is on the line, this is like what it all comes down to. This is not regular season. Like you got to show some sense of urgency, and your body language cannot be piss poor or even close to it you have to be totally engaged in these in these situations right and i think there's a difference between like a like a poor body language and a, and like a frustrated figure versus like an aggressive engaged like yes. i de i'm demanding the ball like i think in if yeah. you're going to be the dominant player on any given team but especially you know the way that joel was able to dominate most of the league last year leading the league in scoring i just didn't see any of that from him and it was just like more like pouting like, oh, I'm they're not passing me the ball. I guess I'll jog back down the floor again. But instead of like sprinting to the spot, putting that hand up, getting in the post and demanding the ball was not there from him. But I'm with you, though. I, I, I do think and we've said this before, but James Harden's best chance to win a championship remains in Philly. I just we don't know if he wants that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has Tobias Harris as their fourth best player. I know Jimmy Butler goes Tobias Harris over me, but <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to be Jimmy Butler. He doesn't have to be their best player. Like that's their fourth guy, and if Tobias is your fourth guy, you have a chance to win it all. And he's in a contract year this year. Yeah. So I expect him to play his ass off all season. You you did mention one interesting thing about a lineup with AD at the 5. Does AD want to play the 5? That's the thing. And I thought about this recently like we see Jamal Murray setting screens and rolling. Jamal Murray winning mm -hmm. championships, setting screens and rolling in pivotal situations. And my man AD is 6'11 and doesn't want to play the five. <laughs> Look, I think a lot has been made of this, right? Like it, it goes back to his days in, in, in New Orleans. Uh, I don't think he has that grudge necessarily still within him because of what happened last year. And yeah, granted, he he said in the past he doesn't want to play center, and we have, you know, made sure that we have other centers on our roster to play alongside him as needed. Uh, but when you look at fourth quarters, he's almost entirely based on last year the center that we have, and that's how it has to be, right? And and especially as LeBron, you know, who who is still incredible, but mm -hmm. as he's aging. Uh, we want him to play. I want him to play more four. I want him to be able to guard and have to be guarded by the four on the opposition. And so naturally that should push AD to the five. Right. Uh, and I think we have, you know, different lineups that we can work with AD at the fort as needed. If we start a lineup, for instance, where he's at the fort, that's fine. But it's the fourth quarters that really matter, uh, as we all know here. But uh, I think I think it may be a little overblown at this point. I, I think he's ready 
to just, you know, maybe he won't say it outwardly and maybe he still wants a power forward next to his name on the roster. When you see the lineup sheet, <laughs> he wants to be in the, the power forward category. Why? He's, he's like over 30 years old already. What is this? <laughs> and that's, that's the what weird part. Kid? Like when exactly. we're kids, nobody wants to play the big. I get it. But you're a grown man on a max contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, and we just extended him. Right. And so we put the faith in him. We got him a huge money deal. Three more years coming his way. Uh, and he is, you know, you, you could flip a coin between him and LeBron on any given night, who's the best between them. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, he is has to be the best player on the team for the Lakers starting this season, in my opinion. It can't be LeBron. You know, LeBron will do his best. But if we're going to, you know, fight for a championship, which this roster and this organization always has to, he has to be the center and he has to be the leader of this team. Clips, let me ask you a Lakers question because I feel like I know you're Clippers. I know you're Clippers, man. You are Clips, but I feel like everybody is. Oh, I know. I know you talk Lakers, too. I don't want to pigeonhole you. Hold on one second, though. Listen, everybody's talking Austin Rivers. Obviously, you know, it wasn't too things didn't go too well for him uh, the other day in FIBA. <laughs> but do you think we're overlooking how good Rui Hachimura could be? Is there some all star potential here? Because. You know Kawhi's game really well, or I don't know how well you know his game because you don't get to watch him that often over there. Right? <laughs> Funny, but, <laughs> but I do see some like Kawhi-ish type stuff going on there, don't you? I mean, he's not Kawhi, but he's pretty good on defense. I see him getting in the mid range like Kawhi. Like, what do you feel like Rui's ceiling is? You are you are comparing Rui Hachimura to Kawhi Leonard. I see it. I, like I it. see it. I see I like it. this too. I, I like this too. I think he moves a lot like Kawhi. Like okay, just, he's just his just his movement, the way his shoulders work, okay. and, and all of that. I think I see it. I see it for sure. I think Rui's got all the potential in the world. You know, I think it's a again. This is this is fit, right? The fit works in Los in Los Angeles. Washington, we call the land of the lost. It's not the greatest organization to go to if you're trying to thrive. Rui's a perfect fit. I think he's a good locker room guy, he's a team guy, and he does move like Kawhi defensively. And you know, he played so well in the in the in the in the playoffs. But you know, I think we need a full sample size. We need a full season with him to really see how this is going to work. Look, Lakers are deep. They are deep, and they are so high on Austin Reeves right now, which they should be. I think he's. He's going to come back from from FIBA confident, swag, swagged out. You know, he's getting praise from everybody in the NBA. He got clowned yesterday and they want to make a huge deal out of it on social media because he gets, you know, he got punked down low. And it's like, OK, well, you know, you, you, do you know, Lithuania has like I think it's seven of all, seven players on that team is six, nine or bigger. Like, what do they expect from Austin Reeves in the paint? So the Clippers need to um, sign Brezdikis as their small ball four. Oh, is that who you think we should get? I, honestly, when I watch him play at NBA games, he does pretty well. Like, Look, I, like he, when he gets his opportunity, that guy does well. I like him. I just don't feel. I feel like his best role is like as a go-to guy, and he'll never be a go-to guy in the NBA. Like he just likes to get buckets. You're talking. Yeah, he's the be, one from Michigan, right? Yeah, he had some yeah, time. Yeah. He had some time with I think the Knicks. I I remember watching him in the G League with the Knicks G League team. Like he's a bucket. He always been a bucket. Yeah, he was good. He was good for yeah. sure. I think we need to, as far as the Clippers go, stick with everybody we have here. Stop looking at we we have plenty of small <laughs> ball guys. I'm ready to ride. I think we need to make one more trade at some point because I think what, for we, a point guard. Uh, I, I I'm not necessarily sure. I really like the Brogdon thing. You know, I think about we need we need more scoring. We need more shooting, like every other team in the NBA. Um, you got the best player podcast easily. Like a guy on your team has the best players oh, podcast. PG, PG's great. 
he is great. even yeah, even though we call him. even though we call our show the true players podcast and 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 podcast p is kind of taking us over but i agree but I, I would also like it bugged me a little bit during the playoffs last year how like he was really focused on the podcast and like i'd rather him be ready to play in the playoffs and get better you know so i think there's a time and a place to have a podcast i think draymond's approached with you know, after game analysis is pretty interesting when you get a player's perspective directly after the game with, uh, you know, generating his own narrative and not media asking him questions, him telling you exactly how he feels and how he felt. But uh, I think Paul George has been great at it. And if he can just get Kawhi Leonard on his show, it'll be it'll be podcast history to get Kawhi on there. It'll be a quick I podcast. Love <laughs> I would love that. You know, somebody, I think Serge actually had him like on his cooking show. Serge did. did, and it was hilarious. So. Yeah. Look, from everything I've heard about Kawhi, this is the Drew and I talk about this all the time. Like it, he's so mysterious. We wish Kawhi would be more say more and do more so we can have a better feeling of how he's feeling, or it, it's just not him. But from every story you hear about Kawhi, they're the greatest stories ever. They say this guy is not only like Kobe-ish in the gym with his with his preparation and and how he preps for games, but how great he is in the locker room. They asked Terrence Mann on on Podcast P's show the other day, like, who's the funniest on their team? He's like, hands down, Kawhi. Like, Kawhi's hilarious. And I'm like, I want to see that version, right? But look, we have a very, very – this is the last season that this is going to work for the Clippers. Like literally, this is gonna this is gonna be it. Um, I mean, we're gonna probably have to extend PG and Kawhi, and I want to do that. But right now, we we really this is the opportunity to to win a chip. And I think it, with Russell here all year, uh, with again, I'm bringing up Terrence Mann again. Then all our vets, Norman Powell's bigger than people think. I mean, the fact that some people were okay with just like throwing Norman Powell into a trade. Norm Powell is nice. Really nice, man. No, I, we, I, I like everything you're saying. I just don't believe the Clippers have a chance. Yeah, you and 99% of everybody in the NBA. <laughs> Look, I, 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 I'm I, already see Denver. Said, huh? You see what Denver is? We, I, I think if we are fully healthy, we can give them a shot, dude. I don't, I don't think they clown us. I don't think they, I mean, look, man, when you have Kawhi Leonard on your team, we were murdering Phoenix in that series. PG or Kawhi owned Phoenix game one, game two. We were going to win that series. I don't care what anybody says. We were hyped. Russ was on one for that. So to say that we wouldn't have, uh, then we would have seen the Lakers, right, Drew? We would have seen the Lakers after that or no? Uh, or no, I don't think it worked out. I don't think it worked out. Combo, are you okay? You're sweating a lot. Do you, do, <laughs> do you need a towel or something? Somebody get the ball. It's hot down here. I need an AC down here in Combo's course. Hell too. yeah, you do. Everybody, Combo just might pass out on the podcast. Just nah, let everybody I'm know. I'm good. I'm good. Well, hold on. Let me jump in here because there is something about the Denver matchup for the Clippers that I do think can be overlooked when you're talking about the Clippers specifically. And that's Kawhi Leonard just straight up guarding Nikola Jokic the whole game and making it very, very difficult to hit for him to get into his top of the key stuff. Kawhi can on-ball pressure. And yeah, you, you can see Jokic may be able to back him down, but Kawhi is strong. That's one thing that we know about this man. And he used to play power forward back in San Diego State. When he came to the NBA, he was pretty much a power forward. So I think that there is something there that would be unlike anything else that the Denver Nuggets and specifically Jokic would have come across at this point. Yeah, I just feel like the way they play basketball, like Jokic doesn't even have to score at times and they're still great. You know, even, if, even if Kawhi shuts that down, just like their system, 
and the way they play, it's like. But PG is a great defender too. So you got, you got, well, you got. But let's back up because I think the reason that Jokic can get away with not scoring is because of the facilitation. Yeah, hundred percent. He can facilitate because there's no on-ball pressure because he's being guarded by a five most times, right? Uh, and you saw when the Lakers switched it up and we did like Rui on Nikola. It took him a little while to kind of figure that shit out. But Rui is not as quick as Kawhi, so he can't really get up into Jokic the way that I think Kawhi could. And when you're in there, you know, getting getting hands all up in his face, trying to swipe at the ball, it's going to be a lot harder for him to make those clean cut passes direct right in the pocket like he always does to those shooters, to Jamal Murray. And then, of course, you know, they, they go ahead and do the pick and roll with Jamal, and that's still going to be hard for anybody to guard. But it's just a different look entirely than than anything else, I think. That would be coming their way. The problem is, can the Clippers get to a fucking matchup with them? Like, can they even get to the spot to be in a position to have a playoff series? With well, we did in the bubble and we blew a 3-1 lead. So let's just not even talk about the fucking <laughs> right. bubble. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Do you believe in the bubble? Do you, are you one of those guys that like... I'm a huge champion? believer. Lakers fan, baby. Let's go. That was the hardest championship ever combo. That's what they all say. That's what they all say. A different set of challenges is the political way to put it, right? Yeah, unique. I've been calling it unique. It's the most unique championship that's ever been played in the NBA. I'm sure the people that want MJ to be the greatest will definitely hold that one against LeBron. And say <laughs> he only really, he only really got three. But it is what it is. Are you guys excited that you won't be in the same building soon? <laughs> I'm sure he's I excited. Am. We don't give a I'm, shit. We, we no, nothing changes for us. I feel like like they put the Clippers in on like weird ass uh, schedule. Like what is like yep. hey, t- 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Let's go Clips. Let's, 12 30, 12 30 special for Clippers all day. <laughs> oh, and we just got hosed again this year. We have the, the worst schedule in the NBA this year. We talked about it on the last show. Everybody, I was pissed off about it. And um, I don't think it's fair. And we 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 solved the problem like in one sit down. It's like whoever had the worst schedule last year should have the best schedule this year. It shouldn't be shouldn't be the other way around. But that's what happens when you play in the same arena as somebody. And Clippers are notorious for being horrible on on uh, on twelve thirty games. And we did have a ten a.m. game on uh, during the playoffs, which makes absolutely no sense. So yes, I'm really excited for the arena. Um, we deserve it. We have a great. I heard you got a lot of. I heard you got a lot of bathrooms in there. Thirteen hundred and thirty-three <laughs> bathrooms. You can take a piss anywhere you want in that place, and get right back to your seat. So amazing. That's, that's funny. Hey man, I'm excited. Look, hold on. Let me stop this shit really quick. I feel a lot of East Coast bias right now. Like you're clowning on my Clippers right now. Wait, wait. I Lakers know, or what? Lakers or West Coast too? I, I, you ain't hating on the Lakers. You're hating <laughs> on my boys right now. I understand this is a hijack combo, but come on now. Well, I've been actually, you know what? I've been really high on the Clippers in the past. You've been on my podcast. I've been high on them. I, it's, at, some, at some point, it's over. It's heartbreaking. Combo. It's all, this is my like, life. Clips, it's just, it feels like, it feels like the league is getting better and the Clips are staying at the same point every year. And even if they are healthy now, it's still going to be tough. Like, I feel like if they were healthy other years, there was a better chance that even if they are healthy this year, you know what I mean? Like, these young teams are getting better. The contenders are getting better. I mean, the Bucks are going to come back strong. The Warriors are going to come. Like, it just seems like there's so many teams that can win a championship now that makes it even tougher for a healthy Clippers. And saying a healthy Clippers is a tough place to land on, right? Like, we got to see it. Yeah, I, I hear Drew g- uh, giggling in the corner because, <laughs> I mean, again, we have this conversation all the time. Look, I have no other choice but to support my team and think we're going to win a championship. If, if I definitely thought we weren't, 
we we've been in the in the hunt for the past 14 years you know what i mean like we've actually been built for the past at least decade to to compete for a championship and unfortunately shit doesn't happen that way you know the donald sterling thing and then we have injuries and then we have the the fallout of blake and and cp and and then we get this great owner we build a great team got a great front office and what else what else am i supposed to do man you know what you're missing tell me combo you traded away sga yeah, but okay, I, I get that. And people are still oh pissed God. about it, but we don't get Kawhi or Paul George without giving up SGA. And Sam Presti finessed us. He did exactly what he should do. And SGA, if, if we didn't have to give SGA, we had SGA right now with our team right now, it would be the perfect fit. Okay, I I get that. And everything's easier, especially in life and anything you do to look back on something and be like, well, I wouldn't have done that. I know. I well, know you, you, went you went through a, solilo- a soliloquy of what happened in the past, so I just added to it. I added it. Uh, no, but it. that's it's very fair and it's it's very true. And I think that deal was gonna. I think it was it was Presty literally at the twelfth hour being like, "Oh, guess what, guys? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him for SGA. And so, <laughs> let me see what happens." <laughs> I do, I do. I think let's see if these guys will fall for this one, and we do it right because we were so in. I mean, we had Doc and Balmer and everybody involved in this to get Kawhi having dinners. It was at the 12th hour. You know what I mean? And then it, what's what's so crazy is just overnight. I went to bed one night and the next morning you're like, holy shit, we have PG and Kawhi, right? We had to leverage the our future draft picks and give up SGA. But, you know, I looked at it like I, I'd rather an owner do shit like that to get stuff done. Balmer wanted superstars. Balmer wanted these guys here, and he did whatever it took. You can you can just you can you can bask in mediocrity like a lot of these other teams, like eighty percent of the NBA that are just going to be fine with being okay. Portland, Orlando, all these fucking guys, right? Do you ever do you ever get the thought that like Kawhi is finessing Balmer? No, I think I think Kawhi's narrative, like Drew's, like like Drew's over the the AD should be playing the five. I think Kawhi, because Kawhi doesn't talk or do anything uh, and let people know how he feels. I think like Kawhi doesn't just wake up and say, I'm not playing today. Right. There's gotta be a reason for why he's not playing. And uh, I think does, the he, misdi- does, he commu- does he communicate that with Balmer or does somebody communicate? That I don't with think Ballmer? nobody has to communicate anything with Balmer. I think it's communicated. They, do- they don't. <laughs> well, no, your coaching staff. I don't think Kawhi calls Steve Balmer in the morning and says, Hey, 1230 game. I'm not playing today. No, I, mean, I think do you, do you think Bomber should get that kind of information if he wants it? He'll get it, but not from Kawhi's mouth. He'll get it from the coach. Oh, of course. Keep him in the loop. That's I don't what I'm I, talking about. I don't mean direct, but do you okay. think he could get that information if he wants that information. If I paid a two billion dollars for a team, you best believe I'm going to get that information and keep me in the loop on what's going on. Look. Kawhi got finessed in San Antonio with misdiagnosis and doctors fucking him over and lingering injuries that weren't treated the proper way. So Kawhi has reservations about protecting his longevity in the NBA and his career. So if if that goes, it turns into this huge look, everybody load load manages. It's not just Kawhi and PG. And these guys have suffered catastrophic injuries before. I bring up all the time, like Paul George should probably never not be playing basketball right now with the injury that he suffered, whatever that was, seven, eight years ago, with his bone sticking out of his leg. So there's going to be reservations. Um, I don't, I mean, if history repeats itself, Kawhi's not going to play 70 games this year. It'd be awesome if he did. Or do you even but, have a sense of whether or not he's going to be able to start the season? Oh, he's starting the season. He's doing, he's he should doing, be back. He should be, be back. Training 100. camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
If he he's perfectly it, healthy, does he play 70 games? PG and Russ just worked worked out with Kawhi in San Diego. So they they just did their own little workout. I I don't think I don't think based on his history and um the season that Kawhi plays 70 games. I mean it just 66 is the is always going to be the ceiling for Kawhi. Perfectly healthy season. That still qualifies him for all NBA, qualifies him for the super max extension, all that other shit that he can get. So the maximum games he will play, you can expect is 66 if he's available. But also, fellas, like people hate the load management. I get it from the standpoint of the of the fans and whatnot. But then if you're saving and you're load managing for the playoffs, right? And then you have Kawhi in the playoffs, who is absolutely phenomenal, Oof. not just for the Clippers, but he did this in Toronto. He did this in San Antonio. This dude comes to play in the playoffs and he is the best player in the gym. He was the best player on the court in Phoenix, even with Kevin Durant there. It's it's just these are just facts. So unfortunately, like fucking Joe Ingles, I'm still pissed off about about our Utah series with him because we're and, and thank God for Terrence, man. I just think it's been unfortunate what's happened to us. But, you know, all I can hope for is for a healthy season, man. I mean, that's all we all can help for. If LeBron well, yeah. goes down, if yeah. LeBron goes down, which his time is, I'm I'm knocking on wood, like his time is coming too, right? Like you're Definitely. only getting older. If AD goes down for 70 games, the Lakers, 60 games, the Lakers are out of it. If Julie, if Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle goes down for the Knicks, you're, they're out of the hunt for it. Not that they're actually in the hunt, but you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying. There's just more of a history with it when it comes to the Clippers. Combo, where are you at with the idea of keeping Paul George and Kawhi uh, or letting one or both of them walk? Because they both have contract extensions. They both own their option, player option for next year. So we assume that they'll probably, you know, sign up for it's like 48 million for, for each of them. But after that, they're free agents. And there's a chance that they may decide to walk away for some reason. I don't think that's the case because they love Los Angeles. They're they're Southern California kids. Where would you be at if you're Balmer and you're looking at this? You're going, hey, you know, you got to show me something this year. But if there's no championship, there's no Western Conference finals this year, would you be wanting to sign them both up for another, you know, three, four years? Well, oh, no, not for another three, four years. If it doesn't go well this year, like if they're not playing games this year, no, I'd have to look towards the future, you know, new arena rebrand and it's time to move on. But I mean, so they're definitely going to be there for one more year after this year because they're going to take the player option. So Ballmer's kind of his hands are tied in that situation. But after that, I guess he could move on if he wants to. The option would be if they don't want to do that is they decline the player option and they see that the market is super thin for free agents in that year. And they go, hey, let me let me let me decline the option because I'll go get 200 and plop, 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 extra. Dollars. You, mean, you mean if they if they have a handshake deal with somebody like beforehand, like that they know about? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that that's possible. Um, so, you're, yeah. So you're saying like mutually agree to move on even after this year. Right, or even just for who's 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 going to make that handshake deal if they don't play a lot this year, though. That's, that's the, the thing. Well, that's the that's that's the reason that they probably yeah. opt in, right? The only yeah. way it goes that way for them, and and they think that they could do it, is if they can probably try to strong arm Balmer. That would be the only only other thing well, is going. I'm declining the player option. I'm going to become a free agent. If you want me to stay, give me all the money. The, the only way they could do that is if they play a lot this year, but then maybe fall short in the playoffs, and teams feel still feel like they're healthy enough to help them. Right. right. Like, OK, right. these guys played like 60, 70 games. You know, they didn't win it. They didn't have enough chemistry. Maybe we could get one of these guys to win a championship with a better team around them. Yeah, I I proposed the trade option to Clips. I think it was a podcast or two ago. 
And it was Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga for one, either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And that's it, it's a weird one, mm. but the money works. Money works for both of those things. And I could see the Warriors being like, ah, give me Paul George, right? Let me have Paul George. I, th- I think that works better for the Warriors, though, than the Clippers. Right. You know, I, I don't know if that really works for the Clippers because Clay is on a decline, it feels like, to some degree. And Kaminga, I mean, he has some upside, but you don't really know. Sure. You know, you haven't seen enough. And then you're, you're giving up PG. Right. Yeah, the, 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 the thought is like... That would be like extending Russell Westbrook, him playing well this year, adding Klay Thompson, and then keeping Kawhi, for instance. And then you have some pretty decent spacing. You have more cap space potentially to go add players. Uh, and you're not handcuffed to just these two guys. And all your hopes aren't just tied to their, you know, Achilles tendons. I love Clay and Draymond, but I also do feel that they're the benefit of their system. Steph is as well, but Steph's an all-time great, so it's a little bit different conversation. Like if you could get Steph somehow, you're going to get Steph. But with those two, I feel like they provide so much more value for the Warriors than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I also think, I think the Warriors will double down and sign clay just like they did Draymond. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. They should. They should. I I mean, they should try and win a few more, you know, with those three and build around those, keep, keep those three going. Cause I feel like Steph is better with those two as well, you know? Right. Well, there, I mean, it's just secondhand per- nature. Now. It's perfect. It's perfect yeah. synergy. It's like Absolutely. so perfect. Like Draymond compliments. I mean, you've probably been this before, been through this before, but he compliments them as being that playmaker. They can move off the ball. And then whatever lapses Steph has defensively, Clay and Draymond make up for that, even though Steph is probably a better defender than people think. Like it's just a perfect mix with all that together. So, Combo, let me ask you you're a Knicks guy, right? No, I'm, I'm a fan of no team. You don't, you don't, you don't carry a flag. That's why he I likes to rip care. on everybody else's team. No, nah, I mean that's 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 cool. <laughs> how did that? How Especially did that the Clippers. Before? Now you're a New York guy, though, right? How did it? How did it happen where you didn't end up being, uh, you know, Knicks all the way? That's a great question, actually. I've been on a lot of different pods. Like they asked me about like my overseas journey, but nobody ever asked me that. I love that question. All right. So first of all, my dad was a Knicks fan growing up. So I get, you know, somebody. Somebody told me he's like, I think you're a Knicks fan. Like I know you're a Knicks fan. Like somebody was telling me like somewhere in you, and I'm like. You know what? I guess somewhere deep down inside, they hold a special place in my heart because my dad loved them. But to the contrary, it's like, I don't care if they lose at all. Like, it won't hurt me a little bit, right? So I think there's a little bit of that. Also, I was the Bulls fan growing up as like a kid because sure. I love Jordan. Yeah. And it's like the Knicks were their rival. So yeah. I, I was just a Jordan Bulls guy. And then once I went overseas and then like the Bulls weren't good anymore, Uh, To be honest, there's like a 10 or nine year gap where I couldn't really watch the NBA because of the time difference of me being overseas. So I just became a fan of no team and just love analyzing the game. It's funny. I I recently talked to Woody Page. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Woody Page. Oh, yeah. And he talked about like how back back in the day, it's like you weren't supposed to root for a team in media. But now, obviously, things have totally changed. But I guess I'm old school in that regard where I don't, you know, root for any team. And I like to analyze the game from an unbiased level. Well, I mean, that's the best way to analyze, right? Like when, yeah. when Clips and I go in, we always got the heartstrings pulling. I mean, I'm never going to be talking shit too I mean, much Cl- shit about the Lakers. Cl- Clips more than you. I feel like you're a little. <laughs> it's my feel, name, bro. And it's I my freaking like, namesake. Like, like Drew's a Lakers fan, but he'll keep it real. Like Clips, <laughs> yo, it's going to be like 2028, and Clips going to be like, "This is the year." PG. Gonna, they're going to stay healthy. They're, they're going to stay, stay healthy. healthy. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting doubled down on right now, dude. <laughs> But you're right. Like, but to 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 your point though, 
Uh, uh, Drew and I over the years have really tried to be obviously we have our teams, but try to be unbiased when, when talking about everything in the NBA. And I've grown as obviously I'm the Clipper guy, but I try to really have a step back and look at it from a real standpoint, not just a stand standpoint. I try to keep it real when it comes to the Clippers and to the Lakers and to every other team in the NBA. That's what we do. You know, if we wanted to have a specific Lakers Clippers podcast, we could do that, but that's not what we set out to do this whole time. We wanted to be able to talk about everything in its entirety. And as you grow doing the podcast, you start to do that. You know, now I, of course, I'm going to have my takes and Drew's going to have his fan takes about it, but you also, there is some humility in it too. I, I can step back and look at the what you're saying about the load management and the Clippers never winning it's true it's facts like I'm not going to sit here and say that it's bullshit or make excuses it's it, it, that's really what happens but we've also discussed that like I'm in it way too deep now dude I am 30 35 years deep into this if you ask my elementary school friends they will say I was a Clipper fan when I was in third grade you know what I mean like it's where just they, like where were they practicing back then like at a Juco or something no dude we were out in Carson at a rec center homie where they had fucking it was the the worst Donald Sterling is the biggest hey, piece of shit ever um hey, yeah that is true but I would say like when I was um I don't want to say what period of my life. I don't want to age myself. But there was a time in New York City where the Clippers gear was on in serious demand. It's like you of saw, Darius, yeah, Darius exactly. Miles. It was D Miles and Q. I mean, Cuban on the show, by, by the way. But yeah, Q. And then that whole like, I feel like the young kids really gravitated towards them even more than the Lakers in New York City. You know, yeah, because they they were they were inner city kids, bro, make, making a come up, working for you know they were playing for Team Jordan. We were cool. We weren't a really good basketball team, but we were cool. I, I, I say this all the time. That was a really great period. We didn't win any games, though. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> but at least people were L. Odom. L. Odom. Yeah, yeah. Lamar and then Andre Miller. And like we it was a, it was a really yeah. cool, cool team, but we weren't good. And then Blake, we get Blake, right? And we have this Lob City era. We get Blake, which well, makes you had us a couple even... years with Elton Brand and Sam Cassell there for a second. We can't y skip over yeah. those. Excuse me. Excuse me. That was excuse me you're completely correct i was Elton brand was a huge signing for the clippers that was like like maybe the first turn to head in the right direction well yeah baron davis and and eb and and i the plan was to keep baron and and, and keep elton brand and elton brand took like the extra yeah. seven hundred thousand dollars to go to philly for whatever <laughs> fucking reason uh took completely burnt us but you're right and then when you get blake uh and dj and then we're cool again. And then Chris Paul made us contenders, made us legit. You know what I mean? Um, and those were really good years too. I think Clipper fans in general, you gotta be, you gotta be, if you're a real Clipper fan, you number one, have to have a thick skin, right? Yeah, you, you have to be masochistic is what it is. You have to enjoy the pain at some level. Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, for, I to, guess for it to be as long as you have been in, I mean, there, there's very little hope. I mean, it's so different now. Once you once you hit, really, I probably around the 2006, right? It's like, just it's, you. It's just you and Billy Crystal at this point. Yeah, Billy yeah. didn't. Hey, let me tell you, bro. Billy didn't even show up for about six years. It was that bad. So don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me but started. On that. Clips is mad that Billy's the face of the of the. He's the Spike Lee. No, Clips I was mad the... when Freddie Munoz was the face, and I'm like, oh hell no. I gotta I gotta be totally honest. I have no idea who that is. Frankie, I think it's Frankie. Frankie, Frankie, Munoz. Freddie, uh, Agent Cody that? Banks. Uh, he Malcolm had a show. in the middle. He had a oh, that's show. A, that, that sounds familiar. 
Oh, Malcolm in the middle. He had a shot. I, mean, I, I know I know Malcolm in the middle, but I, I don't know who that Look, is. Look, bro, a race I car started... driver now, boys. He he he, oh. he drives race cars now for a living. That's pretty cool. When <laughs> I when I started, uh Billy was at every when I started ball boying too. Like Billy was at every game, but our two guys was like Kadeem Hardison from you know a, a different world and white man can't jump. He was on the floor every single game. He was a major fan. KG from OPP, the DJ. I, f- I feel like one of the great clipper moments is um Jamal Crawford and then Billy Crystal was like he hit him with the Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> hey, Jamal was awesome, too. Jamal's still one of my all-time favorite Clippers. He's top five for me. He's great in media, too. He's great in media. Yeah, he he's is. Great. He's and he's still hooping. You see him? Oh, he's still got great. game. Every summer. He's, yeah, he's still got game. Um. Oh, so we mentioned CP3. How do you guys feel like? I mean, I don't think that fit is great, really. Like, I just talked about how those three fit together so well, and I don't see how Chris Paul fits within that. Um. You got to see CP3 clips play up close. You know, you watched him closely for years. How do you feel that fit is going to go? Both, is going to go with the Warriors? Drew and I both didn't understand it. It's really, really weird to us. But there has to be some master plan with this, right? Like, I think CP is not going to make the team worse, right? It's just about figuring out the fit with them. I think CP anywhere he's gone has made the players better, made the organizations better made the team better. Uh, he tends to burn every, you know, burns bridges when he leaves. But um, I, I'm curious. That's one of my five, like, curious mm. questions for this season is how that's going to work. Are they, are him and Steph going to play together? Or is, is CP going to come off the bench? Is there going to be like, you know, the you brought up Kaminga earlier, who I think is going to be really, really freaking good when, when he's able to put on his, use his skill set as athleticism, uh, PG's really good at bringing that out of some players. Cra- crazy athlete, ridiculous athlete, crazy athlete. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even think it hasn't been showcased enough. You know, what it's I mean? like it's like on that. It's not quite there, but it's like on that Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards type level. Like he's like big, strong, athletic, could move laterally, quick, like just all around great athlete. But what's his game? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah, I mean, what, he's not those guys as in terms of skill, right? But he's a pogo yeah. stick for sure. But oh maybe my. I saw could... him in summer league. Like I actually took a video and put that on a reel. Like I think it was um last summer. He got up so quick. Ridiculous. I, I think if if he could fit into like a Sean Marion role, right? Like if he could figure out that, be that kind of guy with the right point. Yeah, you're what, right. What, what, what Sean meant, what made Sean Marion was so great was the IQ. I but feel that like comes the, over, I, that I feel comes like over time combo, like he's 20, he's 21. Right. Like you, you don't figure everything out. Most of these players, like even SGA, it takes you three, four years before you really figure out how we're seeing it with Anthony Edwards right now. I feel like he, he there's a bigger chance of being like a Jalen Brown light than a Sean Marion. OK, that's fair. Because Sean Marion is just like a feel for the game IQ guy. Like that's what his game was predicated on. And he just happened to have the athleticism, you know. Yeah, I don't see that kind of feel for like for a Kamenga. Yeah, but you need the time, you need the minutes, you, you need the chemistry to actually get the feel of the game. And the Warriors system is very, very predicated, very specific system, right? Like as we've talked about, they run very tight and 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 that, they know what that's why I didn't do. work with Wiseman, not to cut you off. That's why I didn't no, work but with that, Wiseman. You beat me yeah. to the punch there. There's there's only so many guys that will be able to fit in. I mean, because ideally the way that I think about Kamingo is they look at him as Iguodala's replacement down the line. Right. And yeah. I think he can fit that role. Right. And and look, maybe he never, uh, you know, maybe he never gets above 12 points per game or something like that. But if he can be in the spots and pick the moments the way that Iggy did defensively, especially, 
he can fit in the system, but that's just a really tight, narrow window for him to try and try and squeeze through where if he's, if he's on, I mean, look, if he was on Chicago, just like if if you just swap Patrick Williams with Kaminga Mm -hmm. right now, like I think that guy could be averaging 16, 18 points on that team. Yeah. Iggy was such a different case because he was like a franchise player who who fit into a role, you know? Yeah, so, he, it, it was a different phase of his game, right? Like that yeah, was yeah. that was on the decline. Yeah. He was no longer high flying. I mean, he he still had, he had unbelievable stuff. It's all it's, al- it's almost like what Wiggins was or what Aaron Gordon was. It's like you're an all star level player, but you find Good a point. way to be like like a third, fourth guy and fill that role, like Great sacrifice, point. you know? Aaron Gordon's another one. That That's a really good name. I think I think if Kaminga just, like, studies him, <laughs> like what he did last year, and goes, I'll just try to do that in the 15 minutes that Steve Kerr gives me, there's no way. Th- that 15 will go to 18, it'll go to 25 by the end of the year. He has no choice because yeah. you're playing with Clay, Draymond, and Steph. Like, there yeah. is no other choice, you know? Do the dirty work. Don't shoot any crazy shots. <laughs> and sometimes, you know what? Sometimes when you focus on the dirty work, you average more points than try to be a scorer. Just putbacks, baby. Go yeah, get those exactly. offensive boards. <laughs> exactly. But hold on. Let, let, let's back up to, to Chris Paul because there's a couple things here that we didn't hit yet. And I love to mess around with crazy trades. This is my favorite thing, especially in the offseason when nothing's happening. And I think Miami's going to make a move for Chris Paul. I think the I think the Warriors don't want to finish the season with Chris Paul on their roster. I think the Dame thing is going to fall through and it's not going to happen. And they can go ahead and go, hey, you know who's a better version of Kyle Lowry? Chris freaking Paul. And we can have him run the show. He can get Bam in good spots. He can get Jimmy his buckets. They just let go of Gabe Vincent. Uh, I think Chris Paul ends up in a Miami Heat jersey before the trade deadline. I wonder if Jimmy and CP3 could coexist. It's a very valid That's question, but it only too- needs to be for four months. It, That's no, two it, super it, alphas. Two super alphas. Jimmy's Jimmy's crazy, right? Jimmy's in a good crazy. way. Jimmy's crazy. That guy's crazy, man. Tobias Harris over me. I've been thinking about that all day, man. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in New York just playing random pickup games, and he's playing tennis over here. Yeah. He's uh he's really um he's really building his brand out here these days. I love it from Jimmy. No, definitely. And look, I, that's why I think, you know, you, you bring up a very valid point. Not too many guys can play with Chris Paul. Not too many guys can play with Jimmy Butler, just flat out. Like, they have to have a level of respect. But I do feel like it's a better fit with Miami than I would go. I would I would totally agree with that. It's a better fit with the Heat than the Warriors. And they're not – I don't think they're happy with Kyle. I don't think they're happy with him. Well, look, and, you know, yeah. Kyle lost his spot to game Vincent last year, and I think that yeah. was that was right. I think Spo made the right move there in, in switching that out. And I think Kyle still had – tremendous value coming off the bench and if they want to keep him around for another year absolutely have him come off the bench again that's not a problem he can sit if he's going to sit behind Gabe Vincent he can sit behind Chris Paul and I just think the Warriors you know we'll see how it looks right they're going to have I mean the the opening day of the NBA season is Warriors is the 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 prime time for the West Coast it's the second game of the of the evening and I just can't not I can't wrap my head around a a Chris Paul Steph Curry backcourt being any way efficient on the defensive end and the warriors for as good as they are offensively they have a structure defensively and they're sound defensively and i just think that kind of goes out the window when you have two six foot three and below guys and and you know both in the back half of 30s now uh and and i think you mentioned a good point though steph underrated defender i think he can hold his own it's just having both those guys on the court uh, every every other team's got a six seven point guard, a six eight shooting guard that that they're gonna have to try and defend. 
Yeah, I mean, and Draymond doesn't really shoot threes. Chris Chris Paul could make threes, but he's not really a three-point shooter. I, I just think like Draymond and CP3 is a weird mix, even though they're like two super high IQ guys. So maybe they figure something out that we can't even see. Like they play it a way like we can't even imagine. Like they just figure something out. But I mean, they both like to have the basketball and they're both like Draymond is the point guard. Like that's why I don't think Steph Curry's a point guard when they were making that comparison between Magic and Steph. Like if you took somebody that never watched basketball, like you would not think Magic Johnson and Steph Curry play the same position. And I feel like Draymond takes on upon a lot of that role. And then like CP3 would just be stepping on his feet. Obviously, CP3 is a great player, but I just don't see that mix working. Yeah, they both like to operate right at the top of the key. That's where yeah, they exactly. that's their bread and butter. That's where Draymond's most efficient on the offensive end. So you might as well not have Draymond if you're going to have Chris Paul. That's why I do think there's a redundancy there that will be solved before the trade deadline. Speaking just, of redu- if it's if it's not Miami, if it's not Miami, it'll be somebody will step up. And I, you know, as much as I, I don't know if we need it or not. The Lakers, my team, will be there at the trade deadline, going, "Hey, like, what do you want for Chris Paul? We know LeBron and him are you know best buddies, and I could see him." fitting in beautifully with with what we have going on, especially if we're looking strong, right? If we're looking really good, Jeannie Buss, newly married, she'll go, hey, let's let's throw something uh something Jay Moore, Jay Moore is making decisions now. <laughs> He's a part of the brain trust now. Jeez. Where would you guys rank the Suns, Clippers, and Lakers one, two, and three? Your unbiased opinion. Suns, Lakers, Clippers. Really? Because I feel like the Suns they don't have a lot around. They have some good players. Like I like, I like. Eric they did Gordon. a great job with those minimum contracts, man. Yeah, yeah, they they did. But it's like, and somebody who worked in the NBA kind of talked to me about this. Like there is a redundancy in skill set because they all kind of play the same way. Just Katie happens to be seven foot tall, and that's what makes them an all time <laughs> great. But they're all like kind of like bucket getters, like to get in the mid range, get their shot off. Um, how does that work? Do you think like they could just figure it out because they are so great? So I let me let me let me clarify my answer. Regular season finish, that's how I think, right? Okay. Because LeBron, AD, who knows how many games they're going to play in the regular season. I don't think the Lakers are going to be destined for a 1, 2 or 3 seed in the West, in the West this year. And I think the Suns can cuz they're just a, they're just younger. I mean even outside of Kevin Durant and his injury history, everyone else is pretty much spot on, right? In the middle of their prime. Uh so I think the Suns will finish higher than the Lakers and the Clippers and I think if the Lakers do have a pretty healthy season. We will finish higher than the Clippers do. Uh, but when it comes to contention, I think the Lakers have a more complete team. I would even say that this, the Suns and the Clippers are pretty close together as far as like the well-roundedness, right? But if we're looking into the crystal ball and we're gazing at what is going to potentially happen in the season, you can only base that on what's happened in the past. And that's why I just I have no faith that the Clippers are going to be able to you know, put something together for, for 82 games. And if they do... You know, then, then, then I'll be wrong. I'll be eating my words. But clips, what so do you clips, think? So clips retort because we're saying uh, regular season the Clippers will be third, and in terms of contention, the Clippers will be. Third. I think that's fair. I mean, <laughs> I think Phoenix had a great off season. I think they picked up a lot of really good players to get on that bench on minimum deals. I think Booker's just getting better. KD, obviously, it works. It can work there. There's still the question marks with Aiton. But, you know, even signing the guys like Bull Bull, all these guys that I, I, I'm i surprised why other teams weren't more aggressive getting them. Um, I think I think you're you both are definitely correct. I think the Clippers and the Lake or excuse me, the Clippers and the Suns are more comparable, comparable with the team structure. You know what I mean? We have a lot. They got a lot of wings. We have a lot of wings. 
Uh, we got superstars, but when it comes down to AD is the X factor between all of that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Having AD when AD's playing like he should be playing, um, you know, he's a top he's a top five player in the NBA when he's doing that, you know, but there's also those question marks with AD sometimes like like all these players have. So I think that's fair. One, two, three. I'd be fine with the three. I just, uh, you know, we all know that all that matters is the fucking playoffs. That's all that matters. Right. What team is showing up in the playoffs? Who's who's healthy in the playoffs? Um, But, yeah, I think that's fair. What are your guys thoughts on the midseason tournament? Love it. I yeah, was I, I like that it, I like that it's in Vegas. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I was really against it initially. I thought it was going to be a complete waste of time and energy and that none of the stars were going to were going to want to play in it. But when they incorporated it into the regular season, it was the smartest move they could possibly make because it's th- those games count towards the ultimate goal. Uh that was that was the perfect wrinkle for Adam Silver to really just force this through. Because I think he would have had a lot of opposition if there is 10 games added on to a season that people are already begging for 10 games less of. Uh, so I think I think it's going to be fun. I think the, the the interesting thing, and we we covered it when it was announced, we freeze? Uh, but I'll just rehash something here. Uh, I don't think it's a tournament until you get to the eight remaining teams. Then it's a tournament. So they're going to call it this midseason tournament, all these games and the group stages or whatever the hell they're calling them. It's not really a tournament until you get to Vegas, to your point, or until you get to that round right before Vegas. And I think that part will be interesting, and we'll see like what the the dangling of a meaningless, quote-unquote, meaningless trophy actually means to some of these players. And and a question that I asked Clips at that time was, like, where would you, as a Clipper fan who's never been able to see a championship or a finals come your way, like mm. how excited would you be to bring home a championship uh, for this midseason tournament, and I think it's a valid question for all those organizations that have never won one. I think they'd be pretty excited. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers fans would be excited, but then there'd be some uh, Twitter jokes. Is Clips frozen? And is Clips gone? Oh uh, yeah, Clips just bounced. <laughs> so I, I think like it would be good for the Clippers, but there would definitely be those like Twitter Twitter jokes, right? Like all the yeah, Laker so, fans, all the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, it would be. Perfect yeah. for the Lakers fans for the Clippers to win the, the like the nonsensical midseason tournament. <laughs> but obviously it would be like it would mean more than like summer league tournament win, right? Like a summer league championship, right? Absolutely. I mean, and I think yeah. the way that they achieve that is by forcing the regular season part to make sure that Kawhi and Paul George will be playing, right? Uh yeah. or you know, LeBron and Anthony Day, like all the big boys will have to play, uh, you know, because it's gonna be adding up to where they finish. And I also thought about this and talked about this on a podcast. I don't know if it was my podcast or somebody else's, but that like those guys are going to have to play for some of their like end of the bench guys that are only making maybe two mil a year. Like think about what 500,000 means for them. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And I think that'll definitely be a part of this. Like, yeah. especially for a team like the Suns, like a, a team that we were just talking about. That's, that's like, you know, 65% of the roster, 500 grand would be massive for those guys to get uh, just, you know, right in the middle of the year. Uh, it, yeah. could, it could build, it could build camaraderie. Like, okay, oh, he's going to play for these guys, you know, deep right. going to play for these guys. These guys are paid, but that means a lot. I mean, probably KD and D book could even like donate the rest of that money to the rest to their teammates, you know, if they really wanted to. Right. And no, but I think that that part could be the most interesting and, potentially overlooked part of this tournament is like you take a team, especially, you know, every off season now, so many players are jumping ship and they're joining new teams. There's new faces. You don't know these guys well enough, right? 
And and by the end of the year, maybe you have some really good camaraderie built out. But this can expedite that process. Like it can really push people forward. And then like you're coming out and we're almost all star break at that point. And maybe you're just hitting the ground running as it just as a as a team, as an organization. You're just you're fired up. You've been through a battle together. Uh, you did you did something together that mattered, and maybe you, maybe you pulled off a, a crazy upset, and maybe it's somebody like Minnesota, right? Maybe Minnesota wins the in season tournament, and then all of a sudden we're looking to make it a crazy second half push that we didn't expect, and I think that's potentially why Adam Silver is driving this home the way that he is. It could lead to some really fun, interesting scenarios that we might not necessarily know about, and it's going to lead to expansion, and the team needs to expand because of how much depth of talent there is like you got so many guys that could be featured on a different team and like do really well that just aren't getting the opportunity in the NBA, especially with like the talent pool in the G league and even more than that overseas. So you just need more teams at this point. And I think this is going to lead up to that. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't even know if it's a secret anymore. I, I mean, I don't, I know that right. <laughs> silver and the NBA yeah. haven't like stamped a, a, you know, a press release going like Vegas and Seattle, you're coming, you're getting an NBA. I think, team. I think Adam did t- say they are coming, did he? right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's, you know, it's been something we talked about Yeah. just I, when I mean, we, I mean the media sphere for about five, six years now. I mean, Seattle losing their team was a catastrophe, but they got a nice new rebuilt arena back up there. Now Seattle, Vegas makes all, all the sense in the world. And then you got to push, you know, maybe Memphis and New Orleans over the East. That'll be awesome to see what that looks like. And, you know, we'll shake up the East, the Eastern Conference, I think. And even further beyond that, though, Combo, I think there's going to be four more teams added. I don't think they're going to stop. Oh, really? Two. I don't, they're not going to do them all in one push. But the international flair that Silver uh, has and the outlook that he has, I think, for the game of, of basketball means I think they're going to go Vancouver and Mexico City next. So we we know Seattle, Vegas, yeah. But I'm saying maybe five, maybe ten years down the road after that, if it's if it goes well for those expansion teams, look for the international component. They already got a G League team in Mexico City. They've been testing that out for a couple of years now. They have uh, uh, regular season games hosted in Mexico City, and you know, long lost Vancouver Grizzlies. They had a great, so I think they had a great support base there. They just weren't very good because they were just brand new and they were just throwing together, you know, guys that were able to be uh, expanded in the draft or, or drafted in the expansion draft. So I think in the future, we're looking at 34 teams in the NBA. Do you see it expanding to Europe? That's the the, the trickiest part. And why I wouldn't say like Madrid or London or Paris. London. Or, I was thinking London because it's close. It, it's, it's like not that far. It's close if you're in New York. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. The, the, it's the travel. <laughs> so until look, there is a there's definitely there's definitely a chance that uh, NBA teams play more in Europe, and I think there's a chance for some cross competitions, just like soccer combo. Uh, they do the Champions League in soccer, where you know mm. uh, English teams play against Spanish teams, and so on and so forth. I think there's a competition in the future that will happen. It's just about the time to travel. So until and maybe. I don't know when this is going to happen. Maybe we're going to ask Elon Musk. But <laughs> when you can speed up the, the the travel and cut that down to L.A. to London being a five-hour flight or or a six-hour flight as opposed to a 10 or a 12, then I think we will have NBA teams potentially in Europe. But I also think Europe like is really good at doing their thing. And they you've are. experienced that a lot. Like yeah. they have, you know, deep rooted history in these clubs there that that go far beyond the 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 you know the short history of the NBA. 
Right, uh, right. And and so I would love to hear like where do you think do you think that even European clubs would want uh an NBA team to be there? Would they want a competition with the NBA? Yeah, I guess like if you're um if you ever read like Robert Greene's like 33 strategies of war, you don't do everything at once. <laughs> you know, so you you put one team out there, you put two teams out there. It, it, it's not so alarming, right? Right. Uh, I forgot I forgot which law strategy it was, but it was definitely like he talked about this. So I think you do it slowly, and I don't think there would be too much of an issue because it would bring attention just in terms of basketball to that country. And I feel like EuroLeague, like they're probably so arrogant that they don't, wouldn't even look at them as a threat. Like those those guys are like so arrogant, you know. Like this is <laughs> this this is real basketball, you know. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be okay and. What could EuroLeague really do? Like, if the NBA really wanted to do it, they would just do it, right. you know. And, and fans love the NBA yeah. from all over. Like, like you know, everybody's trying to watch as much NBA as possible. Now it's mostly on social media because um, people aren't going to stay up at weird yeah. times to watch games. Like, they're mostly watching clips. But no pun intended. Wherever clips is right now, <laughs> is he coming him. back? Is he coming back? Clips is empty. The, 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 the clip is emptied. He, he just texted me. He said, he said, I'm trying to get back in. So we'll we'll give him another minute here. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I, but I think it could happen eventually. And I think it will happen eventually. It would be interesting to see like Euroleague champion versus NBA champion, but yes, whose, whose rules would they play with? That'd be the interesting question. Seven game series home and away. Right, but are we going Euroleague rules or NBA? Like, home like, team rules, home team rules, oh, home wow. and away. So if you're in the NBA, you get you get you know the NBA officials, the court, all that three point line. You're you're when you're the away team, you gotta you gotta work with wherever wherever they're at. So if it's Madrid against the you know the Nuggets, then that's how that's how I would do it. But I think a London and Paris team is on the horizon. We're talking, I'm talking 25 years down the line now. Because well, if you're saying 25, it's real. It's really like 10 or 15, I think. No, but I, if you're, it's it's about the time to travel. I just right, like if we're gonna add all these extra teams, that adds games to the schedule, right? So they're gonna have to reduce somehow, reduce the the regular season games, and then allow for stretch that time out so you can get guys adjusting to time zones that are eight times, you know, eight 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 time zones different from each other. Uh, I just think I think until we can speed that shit up somehow, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, do you think there'll be 82 regular season games in like 25 years from now? I don't know. There might not be. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, look, I thought for sure that Adam Silver was going to reduce the games to 75-game schedule. Ooh. But they kept it at 82 because they want to appease the owners. They want to get that ticket sales. They want to get the concession sales going. Uh, and he introduced the in-season tournament to make that happen, right? So we're going to stay at 82. We're not going to reduce the, the schedule. But I just don't see I don't see how they can uh, avoid sticking with eight, at least 82 games if we're going to be adding teams. Right. Uh, it just it just creates a whole nother complexity for the season. Now, potentially it could go to 78. Right. Like maybe that's mm -hmm. an easier number with 32 teams. You drop to 78. Uh, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to change that drastically. Those owners still want that revenue. I'm mean, the, the only thing that might change that is if people stop going to games, right? If people stop actually physically going, buying tickets and attending games. I don't, th I don't think that'll happen. People love live events. I do too. I don't think yeah. it'll happen either. But it, as the 3D immersion experience and watching games becomes you know, more commonplace mm. and you don't have to spend $200 to get into an arena uh, and whatever, 100 bucks on 
beer and popcorn, uh, there's a chance that, and especially we've already seen this now with 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 the uh, the television rights, the, the the streaming and television rights going up and up and up. There's a chance that the owners won't care that there's not 41 home games because they're making that up already in the aggregate from the streaming services. So maybe because of that, they they renegotiate something down the line, maybe even 10 years from now, and it's less than that. I know the players are going to be pushing for that, of course, because they want a longevity. They want their players to play as long as possible. The only way to do that is to play them in fewer games, right? Not Maybe not the only way, but one of the best ways is put less miles on those legs. So I know the players will continue to push for that. It's going to be interesting where sports media is going to head um, with all this, right? Like we're seeing what's happening at ESPN and we're seeing like the emergence of players podcasts and podcasts in general. I wonder what that all looks like, like five, 10 years from now. Yeah, me too. I, I think there's going to be uh, a whole, a whole litany of guys, especially now, like the, like, let's just say um, with some of this NIL money coming in for these guys that are in the college ranks or, or even the G league money. If some of them are creative enough and they start this like in high school, they could start their own podcast like now, right? Like Cooper Flag could start his oh, podcast yeah. right now, right? And then by the time he's in the NBA, he could have five, six, seven years in. And maybe he's just doing live streams like constantly, like just in the locker room or he's doing podcasts all the time. Uh, yeah. I do think there's a there's a, a world in which, you know, the Jeff Van Gundy's, the Mark Jackson's, which we've seen let go from ESPN are no longer what we listen to we could be listening to draymond green who has a game you know 30 and 30 minutes early and then come come right into the booth it could be something like that i I don't know if you heard a playback but like commentary is already changing to something i've kind of been talking about for a while like i've done shows with coach nick on playback it's like you watch just like your favorite creator talk about the game instead of whoever that major platform gives you you know so if there's already like if people are already um tapped into clips and drew they could just listen to clips of Drew commentate a game, you know? So it's like, they, they're more familiar with you guys than maybe like Mark Jackson, who's, I mean, those guys, that what, Mark Jackson's still there or no? He left too. He bounced. Uh, yeah, he left too. So like, let's say they were there, like they listened to you more than they listened to him. So they rather hear about the game from you guys. And that's where everything's going. It's just interesting. Like who's going to monetize from it? Who's going to benefit from it? And how is that going to go? Like it's, it's, it's like the wild, wild west in a way. Right. And like, you know, I think there's there's Twitch. I feel like Twitch is already doing <laughs> stuff like that. But then yep. you get into really murky waters with like the the content rights from the NBA or whatever thing you're you're trying to broadcast. Right. Yeah. So like if we just did a playback and we don't have the NBA rights, then we're shut but down. Play, but play but playback is going to do something with, I believe, with League Pass. Oh, yeah. So it's official. Oh, man. Well, I'm excited for that. I, I yeah, definitely, yeah. I have a few I have a few, you know, people in my head that I would love to listen to. I, you know, I, I we talked a little bit about Doris Burke and Doc Rivers being the new duo for ESPN. And, you know, TNT's tried so many different versions of of, of their, you know, See, the thing is, it's like th- there's like older people who are like so used to doing it this way that it won't work for them, maybe. But like <laughs> as as the younger people age, I mean. They're going to be like all they ever knew was podcasts and listening to their favorite creators. Right. And they're okay. going to de- like like they're not even watching games in its entirety. So they're just like going to want to pull up and listen to whoever they like to listen to. And it, it's just going to be totally different. It's crazy where everything's going. Well, folks, we did lose clips. <laughs> it's getting late for you over there, Combo. Uh, but soon enough, maybe you'll get double Drew doing a playback for you. 
where we can we can call a Lakers Knicks game together or something like that, maybe in a year or two. That would be awesome. I think we would Definitely. crush it first and foremost. Uh, but combo, I do want to say thank you again, man. We're going to close it up here. Do you have any final thoughts? First, any final thoughts on anything we talked about? You want to share your thoughts on, and then second, let the people know how they can get in contact with you, how they can follow up with your show, and all that good stuff. Well, thank you for having me because I know you don't normally have guests. I have, I mean, I've I pay attention to your pod, so I know you had a few guests in the past, but you don't mm-hmm. do it often, and. For this takeover thought that Clips had, I mean, I think I'm the first guy you reached out to. So yep. that's an honor for me. And I really appreciate that. So hopefully you enjoyed it. But everybody could find me at uh, Combo's Court. You know, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T, wherever you listen to podcasts. I post a lot on um, Instagram, 1-2-Combo there, O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And, um, you know, Twitter, Combo's Oh, they call it X now. Combo's Court, same name as the podcast. But thanks so much for having me on. I guess I took over, so I had you on. But um, this right. was a lot of fun, Drew. And um, I know I haven't talked to you in years. Um, I <laughs> see you always like, you know, showing support on Instagram. And obviously you bringing me in for this. It really means a lot to me. So thanks for having me on, even though it was the combo takeover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure. I, I know we're probably going to have you on again soon. We don't we don't always do guests, uh, but we we go after highly, highly valuable guests like yourself. So uh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure as always. Uh, go follow Combo. Go on IG. Go go wherever you download your podcast. Dude's Thank putting you, out episodes every week. Uh, he's also got one on uh, the Believe Network. Is that right? Believe? Yep. Orlando Magic Pod. Yes, sir. Bingo. Lock in with, with Combo. Uh, we'll figure out what the hell happened to Clips. Maybe the power cut out on him. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out what's going on. Uh, but have a good night, y'all. Later. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the fun.